Welcome to episode 11 of Cyberbytes the podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cooper, co-founder of Aspiron Search. Today's guest, we have CISO at Big ID, Tyler Young. Tyler progressed through the ranks extremely quickly from incident responder to CISO, and some actually claim he's the youngest CISO in the world. We'll take that, Tyler. He talks about the importance of having a supportive mentor, imposter syndrome, and the foundations of running an effective security program. How are you, mate? Hey, Joe, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate this. Oh, all good, mate. All good. How's things been? They're, they're going, right? I think uh, I think we've seen the, the current macroeconomic things happening and, and how that impacts startups at, at scale. And it's, it's interesting to watch. Yeah, 100%. Um, look, so Tyler, I was really keen to, to get you on up. Obviously, after I saw your your profile on LinkedIn, going from sort of intern to CISO in quite a short period, maybe eight, nine years, it's sort of not something I see very often. Um, so with all my guests, I've been going right back to where it all started for you and sort of running through your career to date. And then we can sort of, as and when, we can go back and forth on a couple of questions. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Looking where forward to this. Where did it all start for you then? How did uh, getting into security all come about? <clears throat> yeah, so... You know, much like most um, most people going off to college, you have the conversation with your parents, like what you want to do when you get older. Um, and growing up, my dad was a like a police officer, crime scene investigations. Um, and, you know, you look up to your parents, you want to be like them. And so I always was very intrigued by becoming like a special agent or doing criminal investigations. Um, and so that was something I was always intrigued of. You watch my dad do it and just saw how, how interesting some of the cases and things were. And so, um, you know, going off to college, I was like, you know, that's kind of what I want to do. And my parents are like, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. My dad's like, yeah, I don't know that you should really do that. And it's one of those conversations you have where I think your parents are proud of that situation, fire, police, public service. People are very, you know, it's a very admirable career, but yet there's risks involved with it. My parents just like, yeah, we don't really want you to take that risk. And so they, when I was deciding where I was going to school at, um, they had a cybersecurity program and my parents kind of were like kind of guided me down the direction of like, you can do the investigations, but from behind a computer um, and, and it's evolving and it's never going to go away. And the, the way technology is, is advancing, like this is a definite need. And so, um, yeah, I guess hats off to my parents. They kind of directed me in the right place at the right time and, to, and, and kind of at the right, I guess the right time is the way to think about it. Nice. So you owe, you owe them quite a lot then. Yeah, yeah, love that. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. So, obviously, going off to to university, what was you studying there? What 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 uni did you go and what did you study? So I, I was studying cybersecurity. So, yep. with a, with a special concentration in digital forensics. So, taking hard drives, computer systems, um, cloud wasn't necessarily the biggest thing at the time, but it became an evolving technology. Um, what I was mainly taking hard drives and understand taking the hard drives from as evidence and understanding you know, what happened, how did an attacker get into a system? Um, how did a criminal try to hide evidence? You know, really understanding the, putting the pieces of the puzzle together, if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you, was that sort of a two, three year university course before? Yeah, it was like, it was about three years of, of pretty in-depth study on the, on the cybersecurity side, coupled with a few internships, one with the department of Homeland security, um, doing, um, digital forensic investigations with with some of their special agents and then um as well as a local police department doing um, digital forensic investigations on the cases that they were handling nice okay cool cool so after the university course and a couple of internships where did you land your first first gig yeah yeah so i had the opportunity to join rsm which is like um you know there's like the big four consulting firms and their number 
usually fluctuate between like five and six. And so really doing um, large scale instant response investigations, company gets breached and somebody has to come in based from cyber insurance. They, they call a broker and they have an insurance provider and they basically say, you need a third party to come in and review the systems and help triage and understand what really happened. And, and so, yeah, I did that for about a, almost two years. And um, fundamentally, like the, what you learn as, as a consultant, um, especially at an early age is, is like exponential growth. Yep. You learn how to talk to executives. You learn how to write executive reporting. You also get to be hands-on technical and solving problems. You get to see new environments all the time. And to some extent, um, I, I tell anybody that I mentor, like if you can get to a consulting firm to do instant response or any like security-based consulting that's hands-on, it, you're, you're, the knowledge that you'll gain is is so significant. Yeah, the exposure and the different variety of projects you're working. Yeah, yeah 100%. So you spent a couple of years there. We won't go into some of the stories because I can imagine you've got a few pretty putting out. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. But um, after a couple of years there, we moved on to where? Yeah, so I went to, so from the consulting firm, I went to Zurich Insurance um, and had the opportunity to join their instant response team and then later leading the charge on their build out of their digital forensics program globally. Um, That was amazing. The experience of working with some amazing leaders that were already in place there that are former military leaders. Um, and just the way that they approach process at scale was definitely something that I took have taken with me throughout the you know the few stops I've had after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually Zurich is crucial from from a career development perspective because that's kind of where I where I met uh, my current you know mentor, really good friend, uh, two time CISO uh, Amanda Fennell. and so that's kind of where my career kind of the trajectory really changed and it took off. How how important has been having a mentor like Amanda been for your career and why? Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing having somebody that that you know can give you feedback that you trust and feedback and and constructive criticism to how to fix things and how to approach things differently, but then also giving the opportunity blindly, knowing that you're probably going to fail as a young person in any industry in any field, you're going to fail, but having the leeway to make those mistakes because that's really the only way you can grow. In fact, I mentor somebody right now um, who's a really good friend of mine, and we had this conversation the other day. He's like, "How do I become a CISO?" And I said. There, there, it's, 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 I was listening to a podcast the other week um, about somebody who's a chief revenue officer, and I won't name the company, but he basically said I had an MBA uh, just by the four years of working at X company. And yeah. so I, I've, I told the person I mentor, his name's Kyle, um, I was like, Kyle, like, you're getting the CISO experience just by going through the trenches of building a security program at scale. You don't realize it now. And I didn't realize it when I was going through this kind of like development and mentor mentee situation with Amanda. It's like, you don't realize it until you get to the other side and you're in charge and you have the ability to make these strategic decisions and reduce risk for an enterprise. Um, how much you actually learned both about yourself as a person and as a leader, but then also about the processes, the tools, the technology, the things that come into play to build this, a really good security program. And I think, um, you know, you can't say enough about being, you know, getting the opportunity to build something and getting the opportunity to really like, you know, get your feet wet, if you will, uh, in the job to, to grow. Yeah, nice. So after Zurich, you headed off to Relativity, is that right? Yeah, so um, Amanda got the opportunity to be the CISO at Relativity. And she and I had a conversation one day and was like, hey, I want you to come with me and help me build out this security program. Um, and so I, she had blind trust, blind faith in me. And and we, you know, we went to Relativity and yeah, it was, was build, building out the cybersecurity program. They had some product security team in place and they had a really good leader there um, 
on the product side. And so really had the ability to kind of fuse the product and cyber together and something that usually doesn't happen or at the time wasn't really happening throughout the security community. And so we had the ability to kind of build out this really amazing security program. And honestly, um, Calder 7 is a security program at Relativity. It's it's one of the things I'm probably the most proud of in my career. Like the, the team that that we all built collectively and the talent there and the opportunity that we had was absolutely amazing. Got it. Are they Chicago-based, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Relativity is the, le- the leading legal tech software company. They're based out of Chicago. Um, amazing team, amazing founders. It's, it's a dynamic place where you walk in the room and I can guarantee you, you're not the smartest person in the room anymore. And that to me was the best part. And that's kind of, you just learn just by trial and error, mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with really intelligent people that knew so much that you can just kind of be a sponge and just continue to soak up. And, and to some extent, like, I think that's the most important part of, of how you grow your career is be a sponge. If I could give advice to anybody, like, that's it, like be a sponge, learn as much as you can. You don't know everything. You're never the smartest person in the room. And if you always have that mentality, you'll continue to grow and learn. Yeah, nice. So where did the first CISO role come in? Was it after Relativity? Yeah. So um, again, going back to, you know, working with Amanda as a mentor, um, we had for four, five years at, at Relativity, how do you get to being a CISO? And so, you know, we we would talk at length. She would give me insight into what she was going through and some of the different, um, you know, trials and tribulations, if you will. Um you know, strategically what you need to do and things like that. And so, you know, five years, I would say of like this, this program, if you will, of how to get there. Um, I had a few conversations because I was doing work with some VCs and, and VCs are always looking and, and working with different startups and different tech companies. Um, and I was doing work with VC and kind of had a couple of conversations with some investors. Um, and they kind of, they put me in contact with the founders at Big ID. And um, that's where I met Dimitri and, and Nimrod, the co-founders of uh, Big ID. And had a couple of conversations with them. Next thing you know, interviewed with the rest of the leadership team. Um, yeah, and the rest is history. Been here for almost a year now. Nice, nice. So I, I did hear a claim that there you could potentially be the youngest CISO in the world. Is uh, that- it's 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 difficult to um, difficult to confirm, but yeah. I was under thirty when I landed my first CISO role. So maybe, yeah, uh, we we can go with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. potentially. Well, it's yeah. like the asterisk at the end of it, right? Like, uh, yeah, in theory. Hundred percent. And, and what does that really mean? Um, not a lot, other than the fact that I think, um, and I'd like to continue to drive and use my platform to show that age does not matter. If you want to be an executive, if you work hard enough, and you have the right situation and the right mentors in place, I really do believe that you can be an executive regardless of how old you are. I mean, you see, you see kids at you know sixteen years old starting billion dollar businesses that are getting you know bought and invested in. It's, it's crazy, but. I think it just goes to show that if you work hard and, and you have the right, you know, the right support group and the right people around you, you can really achieve anything you put your mind to. Yeah, hundred percent. How do you like? How do you get over like imposter syndrome in that instance, or how do you hold yourself in an, in the ball oh, when you're the youngest? Yeah, I am. imposter syndrome. Um, so it, it, the CISO community is very tight knit. Um, there's tons of Slack groups. There's we have you know, tons of meetups at all these large security events. Um, and so it's really funny when you start talking to people that you look up to in the industry, people that have like founded the security team at Netflix, like just on the Mount Rushmore of security, if you will. And, and they'll talk about some of the same challenges or, you know, you, you know, I talk to Amanda and talk to other CISOs that I'm really good friends with. And it's like, they've all are either currently going through the same feeling. Like, am I doing enough? Do I know enough? Um, am I good enough to be in this role? I think all of us, and maybe to some extent, all executives deal with this a little bit. I, yeah. I think if you peel back the 
peel, peel back a little bit, I think that really anybody in a leadership role is probably thinking to themselves, like, do I even deserve this? Do I, did I get here? Am I really the smartest person? Probably not. Right. And we're not, no one's the smartest person, but like in general, like, am I really the right person for this role? And I think there's always that doubt, but I think some of it comes with, um, the, and then really the only way I, that I found that you can ground yourself in it is when you get feedback, both positive and negative that you can learn from and continue to move forward on. So you get negative feedback and you're able to fix something or change the path of something, or you get positive feedback and you can kind of see, um, see growth and, and other people are affirming some of the things that you are kind of hesitant to say. Um, and then that's also really, really a really good thing. And I think, but I think it comes back to being able to take both positive and negative feedback, turn it into positives and continue to push it forward. And that's kind of where you start to see the imposter syndrome mm. um, die down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. What about when you're like uh, hiring for your team as well? Cause I'm pretty sure like some of the, the engineers would be older than you and how, have that how does that come into it from a hiring perspective as well is it so i i can't say that i haven't experienced this i definitely have but i think what it comes down to is um hiring people that you that you know are good people and that are there to do the job and first and foremost and that's all they care about and i think it comes back to you know um diversity in hiring and and understanding that you need to open up your hiring pool to to both underprivileged groups and um, and veterans and just like have a really wide diversity net that you cast when you're going to hire roles. And you'll find out that like the best talent doesn't look the same, doesn't, isn't the same age. They don't act the same way. Like the best talent is when you, you know, the best teams are built when you build diversity through, again, finding the best talent. Like that's what it comes down to. And the best talent isn't always in the same place. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned earlier uh, people, technology and processes, I think it was. And I know mm-hmm. when you, I listened to your podcast with Amanda. What, what exactly, when, you, when you're talking about those three things, how does that come mm-hmm. into like the CISO role and yeah. security function? Yeah, so people process technology is the fundamental way of building a team and building a security strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to hire people, right? And then you have to invest in those people to ensure that you can build out the right processes and leverage the tools. And if you can do all three successfully, you can have the right people, you can have streamlined processes that enable automation, and you have the right tools that you can effectively and efficiently use. You can reduce risk through your, to your organization. Mm-hmm. And each one of those pillars, at some point in time, you'll have to lean back on. But together, it's like the... Um, you know, it's like the gold standard, if you will. If you can achieve all three of those, you, you'll really have a good security program and a sound security program at that as well. Nice, nice. Talk to me about some of your um, like PC advisory work. What 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 exactly do you do? Because I saw you yeah. part of quite a few. Normally, I just see somebody would be part of one or maximum two. It seems like you've got like three, four, five that you're part of. Yeah, yeah. So as as most people are aware, the security industry, the investments coming in into cyber security in general are through the roof and the venture capital firms need CISOs. They need security experts to help them vet their investments, but then also to work with these companies to grow them at scale. A lot of times, like we talked, like I, we, you know, we mentioned earlier, you have 16 to 20 year old kids basically coming out of college or the military and building companies. And they haven't been through the trenches per se of how to build a company at scale. And so they leverage executives at other companies to help them provide this value. And so that's kind of what I do. And I really enjoy it. I love helping build products. 
I get the privilege of doing that at Big Idea as well. I get to help our our internal uh, product management team build go to market products that security teams can use, and th- and the, you know that's super fulfilling to see something go from like an idea in your head to a product that people can use. It's, it's amazing, and so I like to give back as well and like help help security companies that are that are in the same you know the the, the early stages, the seed round, the the maybe even pre seed. Build a, build a product that works, that solves a pain point that security pr- practitioners and professionals are dealing with and help them, you know, scale to their go-to-market plan. And yeah. so like I do that with about four companies today. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun, really fulfilling. And you get to work with amazing people that are so bright that maybe are the smartest people in the room in their domains that they're building. Yeah. And globally as well. I saw it because you was at uh, CyberTech in January as well in Israel, wasn't you? Yeah, exactly. So um, the, the cool thing about Big ID is we have half of the company is, R, is R&D and product, and that's mainly based out of um, Tel Aviv. Yep. And so, yeah, we, we, have a, we have a large office there. So I got to go to CyberTech, which was, I think, in last week of January, February. early February, um, and got to wear multiple hats while I was there. I got to partner with our engineering and product teams that I work with via Zoom you know, every day for the last almost a year. So I get to see people in person and go out to lunches with them and get to know them as people and really build that good relationship, which I think is crucial um, to, to, to really building a, a history-making company, which, you know, big ideas on the track to do. And then I think um, I, I also got to work with VCs and I got to meet the founders that I work with um, uh, to building their companies. And, and yeah, it was a really cool experience. Nice. And anybody who hasn't been to Tel Aviv, like amazing people, amazing food, amazing culture. It's, it's very fascinating. Yeah, nice, nice. So wrapping this up, what resources are you sort of looking at regularly at the moment that you think are worth others knowing? So it, it, it depends what you're trying to do. One that I'm pretty into reading from a technical side, I love reading the Netflix um, tech blog. It's fascinating the things that they've built open source. I'm a big proponent of how you can build versus buy. And I'd rather build something with my internal engineering resources than buy something off the shelf because sometimes it doesn't, it's not customized. You can kind of really tune something. So Netflix engineering blog, fantastic for that. Um, there's a lot of closed commun- closed door CISO type communities where we spin ideas, we share processes, we share blog posts, we share research. Um, so those are great. And, and then LinkedIn's been pretty fantastic for me as well. I think, I think just seeing like really smart, really, really, you know, history making companies share the, what they're building and why they're building stuff. It's just, you know, it's fascinating. I, I try to stay off like commercial news sites because you just, you get too much of a spin. You don't get actual, like, I want to hear from the practitioners of what they're building and why they're building something. Yeah. hundred percent. Tyler, absolute pleasure having you on. Really appreciate your insight and uh, yeah. Pleasure again. Yeah. Thanks Joseph. It's been great. Oh, 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 oh,